Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Caroline Wood from Australia. And Caroline, you're going to have to tell us more about where you live and what you do. Hey, April. Thanks for having me on. So I live in a town called Queenbian, which is just outside Canberra in Australia. And what I do is my primary way that I make money is I run a business where I help mentor. I mentor introverts to create a business that works with their introversion rather than against it. And I also add in a little bit of contracting on the side that I do for not-for-profits and a consultancy firm here in Canberra as well. And you're called Quietly Extraordinary. I am, yes. And how long have you been doing this? I know you have a very robust work history. Um, So why don't you go back a little bit and talk about where you came from and how you ended up building this company. Yeah, so... I mean, I started off in the Air Force when I left school. No way. So, yeah, did the whole military academy thing and then was in the Air Force for about three years, I think, and then decided that definitely, I think particularly as an introvert, that wasn't for me. The moving around was really challenging in terms of social networks. So I think as well as being an introvert, I'm shy. So that was just not going to work long term, I think. Although since then, I've traveled a lot and lived in all sorts of different places. So I didn't learn my lesson very well. (laughs) So I worked for the government for a while, uh, then trained to be a chartered accountant. And I moved to the UK to do that. So I worked in the UK for a while as an auditor, um, getting my chartered accounting qualifications. uh, And then decided that I actually wanted to do something where I was giving back more that was more aligned with my values. So I started volunteering and I volunteered in Namibia for 18 months in Africa, doing accounting work there for an NGO. Then came back to Australia because I was getting homesick, spent a bit of time working um, back in accounting firms in Australia, then started working for Care Australia, who is an international development organisation. And with them, I, I worked in Canberra for a while and then got the opportunity to work in Laos for a couple of years. So that was amazing as well. And then came back, my parents were getting older. I wanted to be back home. So I worked for a number of NGOs. And then even working for NGOs, I felt like I wasn't, I was a bit tired of being put in a box of being an accountant and that I wanted to do something more creative. So I worked for a small NGO for a while and I learned how to do Facebook ads there. So I started offering Facebook ads as a service as a freelancer, did that for a couple of years, made some really good money and then decided actually I hate this as well. <laughs> so I think just Facebook ads were definitely not for me. Money was great, but I just did not enjoy the work at all. Uh, and yeah, then, you know, really started, I read Susan Cain's book, Quiet, which is about introverts. Hmm. Uh, if you're an introvert, you would have heard about it. I think most introverts have, but most that, extroverts haven't. <laughs> I think I've been told about it. My husband is an extreme introvert, and I think that yep. I maybe have had someone else recommend it. Maybe it's yep. something that I should read to help understand <laughs> him better. And I think just I could then really start to see how the work environment doesn't work fabulously for me and my introversion, because I am fairly introverted, uh, and that I wanted to create a business for myself that supported my introversion and, and I just generally I started doing a bit of tech VA work as well and it just sort of slowly morphed into this business where now where I help other introverts 
basically introvert their business. So make it work for them. Do you find a lot of introverts are opting to work from home when possible? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think the office environment is not. Well, some office environments can be, but I think a lot of them just don't take it into account that people you know, need quiet time to work, particularly mm-hmm. introverts. I think a lot, everyone, I think when they're doing deep work needs quiet time, um, but introverts need it more more than extroverts. And a lot of people that I've talked to seem to go to the office more for the social aspect and the collaboration aspect. So I can see that being problematic (laughs) for those (laughs) that, you know, need that, like you said, that deep thought timer, however you said it better than I just did. (laughs) Quiet time for deep work. There, that was it. That was it. Um, (laughs) So I, I, oh, go ahead. I just think, uh, so, you know, I'm shy, but introversion actually isn't about being shy. It's Mm -hmm. about where you get your energy from. So if you're an extrovert, you get your energy from mixing with people, whereas introverts have to get their energy from taking a step back from people. doesn't mean they don't like people. It just means that it's more exhausting than perhaps for an extrovert to hang out with a lot of people all Mm -hmm. the time. Yep. My mother-in-law, when I think it might have been like the weeks before or the weeks after I married my husband, which was a short frame of time, actually, we got married Mm -hmm. pretty quickly. Um, We we were 31 when we met and we're like, you know what, let's just, let's just (laughs) do this, you know? Um, And so, but she told me he's not shy. He's Mm. just quiet. And I was, I I didn't really understand the difference between that. Mm. Um, or between those two things at first. And then I think I've understood it more, but yeah. we're, we're talking like extreme level, um, you know, just homebody likes to be yeah. home, like just enjoys being with us, like likes yes. to be around us and talk, yeah. uh, just doesn't necessarily care to, you know, meet all the friends and family every single day. Like yeah. I would prefer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's really tricky when you've got one member, you know, one person's an extrovert, one person's an introvert but it can also be really lovely and complimentary Yeah. in terms of the extrovert makes the introvert go out and actually meet people, which is healthy for them and their mental health. You know, we're not designed to be hermits completely. (laughs) Right. Yes. And it's also convenient at times when I'm interested in going out and we don't have competing priorities (laughs) (laughs) because he, you know, we do have children and it's convenient that he would prefer to be home and it gives me space to get out a little bit more often. So, all right. So you have actually traveled a lot. Um, so have I, but not, not to any of the same areas at all. Mm -hmm. Um, when you were in Nambia, was that paid volunteer work or were you literally just living off of savings? Uh, We got I went through an organization called VSO which is a, a charity, you get a living allowance and they okay. pay for your accommodation. So it's not a large amount of money. It's basically you can buy food, maybe do a couple of things, but that's mm-hmm. about it. Okay. That's so sort of a combination of that plus a bit of savings. And so you were doing volunteer work for an organization that you just believed in and you had taken your experience from the UK and brought that there to in Laos as well. Was it a similar no. situation? So what VSO is an organization that matches you with charities around the world, your the skills they need and what skills you have. Okay. So you don't choose. I mean, if you felt uh, really unaligned with the NGO, you can always say no to the placement they put you in. Okay. But, you know, they're fairly well-known organizations they match you up with on the whole. Mm-hmm. 
uh, whereas in Laos it was a paid position and it pays well, partly because at least for Australians, once you're over there, once you've been there a certain time, you don't pay tax on your income. They provide you with accommodation. So that was actually pretty good money. For saving especially, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And it was so cheap to live there that, yeah. And you were still doing Salary went a long work. way. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you were doing accounting work in all of yes. those locations. And then when you came yeah. back to Australia, you started to change gears. Did you have to go back for any schooling or were you able to just use the skills that you've built up to do the tech VA work and things like that? I think I, was, I didn't have to go back for any schooling. I actually, I guess in that time, I also started a food blog. I always forget about that. And I think that's where I learned my tech VA right. side of things, like, like self-taught by doing that where I realized I really love eating, but I don't love developing recipes. So <laughs> I just, <laughs> I stopped doing that after a while. That was not my zone of genius. I did interview another woman who she um, wrote a food blog based out of the UK. Yep. And, um, but that gave her a lot of flex- flexibility and freedom yeah. to even raise a family and not necessarily yep. have to have child um, care. Uh, because yep. of the way that she and her husband were able to kind of like manage everything. Um, I don't want to say the name because I think I'm going to mix it up. Um, That's okay. <laughs> but I will recommend it to you later. <laughs> I will. I think if you love doing that work, it's a really great. Were you doing that on the side? Uh, yeah. For your, okay. Yeah. So I was working full time while doing that. And that's how most people would start food blogs, I think. Mm-hmm. Or they're stay-at-home mums looking for some ways to bring money in that allows them to still be with their kids. Did it though? Did it bring in money for you or was it just purely a project or a hobby? It brought in a little bit for me. I think if I'd kept going at it, it would have brought in money. Mm -hmm. But I'm still in a couple of food blog communities and, you know, the way it's changed since I was doing it with videos and all sorts of stuff, I think it's become much more I want to say professional. And more video-based then? More video-based, but also, you know, the groups I'm in, just their whole uh, approach to things like SEO Mm -hmm. and um, optimising their website and all that kind of thing because a lot of them make money from traffic. It's just, it's amazing to see the the professionalism they bring to it. I think in the past it was just seen as a side hobby. And it's certainly, if you want to make good money, it's moved well away from that. Got it. Yeah. So I'm curious about the population of people that you're working with now for um, your work with Quietly Extraordinary. Are you seeing yourself um, attracting or attracted to certain types of um, people who, you know, certain fields of expertise or, you know, previous accountants or current accountants like you yeah I'm not attracting previous accountants certainly attracting I think online businesses but mainly people doing unusual things or maybe not yes so not not your traditional like not business coaches although I have worked with a couple of business coaches as well so you know one of my main clients at the moment um helps uh, has courses for other uh, speech language pathologists okay um i have someone else who's looking at setting up a systems business so helping other people set up their systems 
particularly in the online world, but not necessarily not only in the online world. Uh, another one who is uh, she runs retreats for introverts and also does yoga classes and a few things like that. So just picking out some people who are doing really interesting work, I think, and they really inspire me because they've really managed to turn what they're particularly interested in into a business. Sounds like you do work with a lot of the entrepreneurials. Um, yeah. The, that that world um do you yeah. find yourself having anyone who wants um, a coach or I guess you said you're not really more of much of a coach as much as a mentor um or yeah. consultant um are you finding people that are employees needing that kind of um support as well or mostly the entrepreneurs so it's mainly entrepreneurs but then I also get a couple of employee I've had a couple of employees who are looking to transition to being entrepreneurs I think that's really an interesting area because I think, and yeah, I guess the other group I attract is, you know, sort of women over 40. And I think they, particularly the introverts, perhaps haven't seen the, how the online business world has developed. And so they haven't started a business because they think they're going to have to be cold calling people to find sales and that kind of thing, uh, which obviously as an introvert is just. Yeah. Overwhelming. Terrifying. <laughs> So it's working with women who, you know, have, who have been employees and think they can't start a business because they haven't seen how the online business world has changed mm. and the different opportunities that there are out there to, to network and meet people and to sell their services. So that's been quite interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm an extrovert. I'm textbook, uh, but I still hate, hate sales, um, yeah. you know, feeling that like, I don't know. I mean, I definitely yeah. believe in, you know, what I do and, and the people I serve, but I don't want to ever come across as being pushy. And I can yeah. see that being really off-putting for introverted people. Um, so what other strategies are you referring to that people are able to do to, to boost their business yet not having to be salesy like that? Yes. I think the big one is trying to build one-on-one -on -one connections. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, a lot of them also don't want to be on social media. So, but it's about being on social media in a way that feels good to them. So it yeah. may not be posting, you know, posting just about business, but it's also about connecting with people on social media one-on-one -on -one, and then getting on calls with people and having chats, mm -hmm. reaching out to their current network as well, which I think is still quite scary to tell people I'm going to be doing this, but, you know, feels less scary than perhaps cold calling people. Right. Yeah. Like they're expecting that call. Yeah. Yeah. So just trying to do those sort of. Yeah. So I think it's more that one-on-one -on -one without actually trying to build, build a network that's about referrals rather than perhaps getting on social media and trying to sell directly to someone. Mm -hmm. And then having opportunities like this to, you know, do a podcast interview or to guest blog posts, you know, things to raise their profile that doesn't actually require them to be doing a hard sell straight out of the gate. So doing a podcast interview like this, does this feel like it's stretching you since you may be, well, I mean, you said you get energy from being, you know, yeah. having downtime, but do you still enjoy this sort of thing or is it really stretching you? Uh, I think it used to, I really enjoy it now. Like I really, I love one-on-one -on -one chats with people. Yeah. Um, I think they're really fun. I particularly love talking to people about their business and, you know, 
what they're doing and how they make money and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I know that I'll be tired after this, but it doesn't mean that I haven't enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But we're starting at the beginning of your day. Yes. <laughs> I think it was like 6.30 a.m. for you yep. uh, in Australia. I think we started at 1.30 my time. Yep. Um, so is that a good way to start your day? Uh, I probably want to start. I'd like to ease into my day normally a little bit yeah. slow with people, <laughs> but it's been fine. Yeah, yeah, normally I like to, I normally start with a dog walk and just, I really like that from the terms of, it gets me outside, but I think it's also quite mindful. I don't listen to podcasts or books or anything while I'm walking. I just try and notice where I am uh, and just, yeah, start the day slowly like that with a bit of mindfulness. You're not the first person to talk to me about that. And I, when I go for walks, I usually am feeling like compelled to, you know, to consume as much information as I possibly yeah. can to like double duty that, you know, time. Yeah. I'm listening to podcasts on double speed and everything. Yeah. And uh, when, when, when I'm at other guests talked about that, you know, taking a quiet walk, um, you know, no electronics at all. I was like, wow, I really need to be <laughs> more like that. <laughs> I can see that being healthy. <laughs> yeah. I hate it up sometimes. My, it's mindfulness, you know, I think that's good for everyone. Yeah. I want to hear you talk a little bit about uh, one of your favorite, I, I guess like your best day, like if you were to plan a work day and you were to wake up at a certain time, what kind of routines are working for you right now? Yeah, so normally I like to, as I say, I always, nearly always start with the dog walk mm-hmm. and take my time over breakfast. So I really do like normally to have that slow wake up and really just settle into the day. Mm-hmm. Then do a bit of time at my desk, often just planning out what I'm going to do. And then about 10 o'clock, I actually quite like to go up to a coffee shop mm-hmm. and I just have a cup of coffee. Uh, and be around people, which I know sounds strange as an introvert, but I think it's really easy to get isolated when you're an introvert. That hermit drive can really kick in. So I, re- I do like, I find it really healthy and good for me to go up and have a cup of coffee and be around other people, do some work up at a coffee shop, maybe for an hour or two, and come back. And then do some really nice deep work in the afternoon where I, you know, get to write or create. Um, so that'd be an ideal day. Maybe, you know, one or two client calls in there where I get to talk to people about what they're doing in their business because they're really, you know, they're really fun, exciting conversations. But yeah, that'd probably be an ideal day. And then finishing, I really like to shut my computer off at five o'clock. Um, and that's sort of my day is done. Um, so that sounds like a full work day for you when yep. you're at the coffee shop, you're working, you're not, you said you like to be around people, but not yes. so for me, I'm like, you know, wanting to have yep. conversations with people, but sounds like you like to be in the setting with other people around you, but able to still work. I get yes. distracted by all the people around me. So I have to put in like noise canceling, you know, AirPods or something like that to help me focus. Yeah. I think I worked in some really big open plan offices for a really long time yeah and I just so I've managed to develop this ability where I just can block stuff out if I need to yeah but I also like going up I normally go to one of two coffee shops where they know me so we have a bit of a conversation up there about how they're going mm-hmm. um but yeah it's, it is more about being around people feeling like you're part of society rather than 
you're completely disconnected in my house. Right. Um, how did that work out for you during the pandemic? Because I know you said you're not too far from Melbourne, Sydney. Um, did you experience the super, yep. you know, lockdown like they had yeah. in Melbourne? Not in, I was not Melbourne, but we had one last year, 12 weeks. Oh, wow. I think. And my husband, even was, I, my husband was I living his best life <laughs> when we were down, <laughs> but you struggled. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it was really about being intentional about scheduling Zoom calls with friends. Okay. Yep. Otherwise, it was just, I could tell when I hadn't talked to people enough. Yeah. And it's probably a lot less than the extroverts around me, but mm-hmm. it was still hard. Particularly as I live alone. Okay. So, yeah, definitely scheduled Zoom calls were required. Mm-hmm. And were they work related or just for friends, you said? Family? Yeah, with friends. So I had work ones as well, mm-hmm. but I think that's not quite the same. Yeah, you know, work call is not the same as just hanging out with your friends and talking about silly things. Yep. Yep. We implemented a family Zoom call. Oh, yeah. I think pretty early on, maybe March or April 2020. Yep. And we're still doing it. Like we took a break um, for a few weeks because I was actually with my family. <laughs> yep. We went on a big uh, road trip and saw everybody. Um, but we'll probably resume it next week because I live far away, like 30 hours away yep. drive. Um, and I think that probably helped save me <laughs> through all of yeah. that. Um, and then, you know, I had the podcast going too, which was nice for me to have conversation. Yep. Uh, so when you have a Zoom call, how long do they last normally? Like your friends and family ones? Normally probably an hour and a half, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I find at that point I start to get a bit of Zoom fatigue. Yeah. It's not quite the same as in person. It's true. So, yeah. So, and then how was business going for you during that time? Um, were the introverts reaching out or <laughs> did everyone just kind of shut down for a while? Uh, it was a mix. I think some people I'd been working with freaked out and really cut back all their costs. So I stopped working with them because they were really worried about finances. Understandable. Yeah. And then I've picked up new people who have decided actually... A couple of people uh, were looking at pivoting because they couldn't do their business the way they were anymore. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of other people, it was an opportunity to start something new. I think it just, it pushed them to do that. I don't think, I didn't have anyone who'd lost a job, but it was, it was much more people who were, you know, I think doing what a lot of us did was, you know, reassessing what they were doing and how they were doing it. Yeah. And I'm assuming that it has to do with mindset too. Like, was this a crisis and I was forced to change or looking at it as an opportunity? Yeah. Most of the people, it was an opportunity rather than a crisis, Yeah, which I think was much better for me. Uh (laughs) I think a couple of times when I did used to do Facebook ads, I've had clients who really needed them to work. Um, And that's not a good like the pressure was just. Oh, yeah. Facebook algorithms and everything has changed so much in the last yeah. few years, too. So I'm so glad I got out of that before. What that worked before might not work yeah. now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I know for me personally, working with people in crisis is not where my strength lies. I pick up too much of their anxiety personally. I think other people are much better at distancing themselves. Yeah. I am. Yeah. 
different strokes for different folks kind of thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah it's about finding um, you know, the right people for you. So you mentioned that you have dogs. Do you want to talk about yep. living with dogs for a minute? Yeah, sure. So I've got uh, two scruffy little terriers. They're rescue dogs. Um, they're a little bit anxious still from... They've come a long way, so I've had them a long time now, but every now and again we still get a bit of a – they get a bit anxious. Yeah. But they're getting old now, so they're they're turning 12 later this year. So one of the benefits from working from home is being able to be with them as they've gotten older and just keeping an eye on them. So mm-hmm. that's been – yeah, that's been a really lovely – one of the lovely outcomes of working from home is being able to support them as they do do get a little bit older in there. And their bodies start to work not quite so well as they used to. Oh, I understand. Our our cat is 15. Yeah. <laughs> so she got anxious when we started going back to school and going back to work oh, yep. more. Uh, we started to see how that worked out. She, you know, just, we brought her to the vet and they were like, I think it's anxiety, yep. you know, from, you know, the change. Yeah. Um, do you feel that you have actually been back out and about more now in the last year than you had been before? Yep, definitely. I mean, apart um, from the 12 week lockdown. Of yeah. Course. Yeah, no, I think so. Because even when we weren't locked down, I wasn't, and certainly before I was vaccinated, I wasn't that comfortable with being in large crowds. Of course. Um, and, you know, I've got an older mother who has health issues. So, about trying to, make sure that I didn't pass something on to her as well. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say, you know, if I went out more, but it was definitely less than I had been. Mm-hmm. And then now are you turning to feel like it's just enough or too much or? Uh, it's just enough for me. I'm really good though about knowing how much I can schedule. That's one thing I have learned is not to overschedule mm-hmm. myself with social activity and being really comfortable with saying no to people. Like, sorry, I can't do that this weekend. I've already done my allotted social activities. Mm-hmm. already activities planned for this weekend. I've that's got my USA 2 and that's it. <laughs> we just took this three-week road trip. And remember, my husband is an introvert of all introverts and a homebody. And, you know, he was happy to go on the trip because we were going to see friends and family and, you know, yep. for important occasions. Yeah. Um, there was some, there was a wedding and two graduations and we literally saw every relative, I think, except for one, <laughs> I think we saw pretty much everybody. Um, but about halfway into the trip, my son started to break down and I think that he's adapted or adopted yeah. some of his dad's, you know, tendencies to want to be yep. home. And we've known that, uh, but it really came out. Um, yeah. on our way to St. Louis. We, I'm like, we have all these things, ex- you know, scheduled. We're going to go see the arch and this cool place called the city museum. And I have a friend who's going to have us over for dinner and he is just like sobbing. Well, <laughs> in, in a good way, <laughs> I don't know how to say this the right way. Thankfully nothing ever came of it, but we were, yep. we did find out that we had been exposed, um, a few days prior. And so we did do like a four day Yep. Um, an extra four days because the exposure had happened a couple of days. So like about five or six days out, we, yep. you know, got our PCR tests and we're yep. clear and all good and able to, but we, yep. we ended up extending our stay at a quiet little loft up in St. Louis um, for an extra two nights. And so we were there for yep. four days total and it was just so good. 
especially for my husband and for my son to just be able yep. to decompress and not be able to go out for a few days. Yeah. And me seeing that and recognizing, you know, the importance of that for them, especially is um, good and healthy, you know, and it was good for yeah. me too. It was nice yeah. to not, you know, have to see a thousand people. Cause that's what I usually do. And I can overstress yep. myself if I want to go see all of my friends and family. I think there was one time I brought my relatively newborn daughter with me on a trip to Minnesota by myself. And I think I made like, I feel like it was like 32 different, like meetups with people over this course of a week. And I came home and I was like, that was way too much. Yeah. That would be a hard no for me. It's hard to stop in the middle of it though. Yeah. So you've got the dogs. So they're your companions and, and someone to love during the, yeah you know, all of that. Yeah. yeah. So I really love having them around there. I mean, I think they got me through the pandemic living by myself. I know a lot of people who live by themselves really struggled, whereas, oh. you know, I had my moments, but I didn't feel it, I think, as much as other people did. And I'm sure it's because I had them around. And they also help structure your day, which I think mm-hmm. really helps when you're mm-hmm. running your own business. Mm-hmm. You know, that I do have that routine that I take them out every morning and I have to feed them and you know, they, they give you a bit of structure to your day. And I think during the pandemic, that was really helpful as well to make sure that I did actually leave the house in the morning to take them for a walk. Right. It gets so, you out of your chair too. Um, I'm yeah. assuming they have to be let up more than once a day. So yes, um, exactly. I can find myself yeah. sitting for too long. Yeah. Yeah. So they're company, but they're also, you know, lovely, they're lovely little dogs, at least with me, maybe not with other people. <laughs> but, um yeah, so cats the same way, but I don't hear yeah. them. So they must be. You said you have kind of a space for them when you're working. Yeah, well, normally they'd be in the room with me when I'm working, but mm-hmm. for interviews and stuff, court client calls, they get locked in the back bedroom with a treat. Oh, um, so they'll, they'll be happy at least for a little while, and then we'll go for a walk after this, and they'll be very happy, very excited. Yeah. <laughs> so, can you tell me a little bit about where you live? You said it's a small town outside of Cambury. Yeah. So, I, I'm saying the name wrong. You're going to. That's okay. It's Canberra. Yeah. And I live in Queanbeyan. So mm-hmm. we're almost a dormitory suburb. Okay. Of Canberra. But it's about 30, I think it's about 35,000 people. In your city. A, yeah. Okay. And then it's about half a million in Canberra. Mm-hmm. So it's actually quite nice. It's quite a small town, but then Canberra is 20 minutes drive where there's museums and galleries and the capital going on yeah <laughs> lots of I, restaurants lots of i got stuff. a little history lesson here <laughs> <laughs> i had to um i had to learn really quick that it's the it's the capital of australia because i is. yeah as with everyone else too many people you know not knowing i would have assumed it was sydney or melbourne so hmm. thank you <laughs> and it's because it's a public service town on the whole it's a very quite a well-off town okay there's lots of restaurants and things like that so a lot of politicians sometimes yeah when partners sitting there is when it's not there isn't oh I see almost like a college town where they kind of come and go yeah oh very cool yeah is this the down season now I don't know about your schedule there yeah so we had an election a few month ago Mm -hmm. I don't think they haven't sat yet maybe they're sitting in July because I don't do anything with right. Parliament anymore. I don't mm-hmm. keep track of it. But we used to have to 
you certainly can't. It's really hard to book a hotel room in Canberra during okay. sitting week. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I see. So, yeah. And have you always lived in the city or uh, did you, is that, you said that's where your mother is too? Yes, yeah, so I grew up here, um, but I've also lived in Melbourne and Sydney. I've lived in Bristol in the UK, plus obviously Namibia and Laos. Yep. And you're uh, choosing... the Air Force posted me to East Sale for a while. Oh, right. So, <laughs> but you're you're choosing this as your home, even though you could yep. technically travel yep. and do things. Um, have you ever considered that whole digital nomad lifestyle, or not so much? Uh, not so much for me. I think when I travel, I like to be on holiday. I think I think if you're an extrovert and you meet people easily, then it could be a really good way. But I think for me, it would actually be quite isolating to mm. constantly move around. Mm-hmm. I think I'm slow to warm up to people and people are slow to warm up to me. <laughs> yeah, because I'm quite reserved. So I think it's just not, not something I, I would do. I might prefer just to travel and see places. Mm-hmm. And not have to be thinking about work at the same time. This trip that we just took, the three-week uh, trip, my husband is on a sabbatical right now, um, was actually the first time in our entire marriage, I think, 12-some yep. years, um, that I didn't have to work, um, truly didn't have to work. I think I did yep. one little thing optionally, like I, I signed up for it, but um Normally, because when I worked for Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, um, if we, you know, were there for family holidays, I would always yep. go in that night and work the overnight shifts. And then um, when I was teaching online, I would still like bring all my gear with me. I would pack a whole suitcase with all of my yep. teaching stuff and bring it with me and teaching people's bedrooms and basements, um, which it was kind of fun. But <laughs> at the same time, it was truly nice to just sleep yep. in and enjoy and just filled my camera with photos and yep. recorded interviews with my grandma. And I didn't have to rush off, um, you know, except for just to, you know, get to the graduation party or yep. whatever we were doing. It was really nice. Yep. And I, I think I'm going to adopt that policy. <laughs> um, but uh, if you if you needed to, you could work on the road if you wanted to. Yep, I could just choose not to so how do you schedule that then how do you um block your calendar so that you could travel basically that's what I do I block my calendar I tell my clients I'm not going to be available for these couple of weeks and they're actually I find that you know maybe I'm really lucky with my clients but they're really understanding Mm -hmm. Um, I might have my email with me if a client so you know if a client had a crisis that something completely crashed, I could probably get online and help them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that hasn't happened. You know, I really try and set things up well before I go. I think the big thing for me is just been communicating that, hey, I'm not going to be available. So, yeah. And, and they, you, they know, so they can plan as well. Do you consider yourself to be a solopreneur or are there any team members at all that you pass things to? Um, I'm a solopreneur. I do hire work out to people. Okay. But it's more specific projects rather than, you know, an ongoing. But, you know, I have a very low maintenance business and that's what works for me. It sounds like you have have it figured out. So you, you're able to keep a 40-hour week, not too much, not too little. Yeah. You're able to take a proper vacation when you need to. 
Uh, what do you love about your work? I think for me, it's just I really love seeing. I love seeing when clients realize that things can work the way they want them to, that they don't need to do. I think so, so much of the advice, particularly about online businesses out there has been devised by extroverts. <laughs> it's, you know, it's about being loud and being visible and talking to loads of people and, you know, really. And so for me, it's when clients realize that they can make it work without actually having to do all the things that these experts have told them that they have to do. And just, yeah, the comfort they suddenly realize they've got it's just wonderful. Do you end up having an ongoing relationship with these people like over the span of several weeks or months even? Uh, it depends. So I've got some people I've worked with for years. Okay. And then others, you know, it ranges from some people just need a quick strategy session to work out what they need to do mm-hmm. to people who work long-term. My preference is generally not to have too many long-term clients because that does cause problems in when I want to take two weeks off and not do anything yeah <laughs> so, you know if I only have to do that with a, a few people that's easy but I think if it was a full roster that would be much more difficult so I like to work in small probably three or four sessions blocks with people and then they go you know for me it's very much empowering them to do mm-hmm. work the way they want to so that they don't actually need me Mm-hmm. once their time is up that they're able to you know to run the business how they want to run it and that they've got the tools to work out what they want to do when things do start to go awry again yeah and so and then they know that they can contact you in the future yeah. if they needed some extra support yeah. or something like that uh <laughs> I keep thinking about your dogs and traveling what do you do when you're traveling um do you bring them with you or Yes, I haven't. Well, obviously, with the pandemic, I haven't traveled. And at the moment, I won't be traveling because so I used to leave them with family. Mm-hmm. But they've got health conditions now that require medication twice a day and stuff oh, like that. Okay. So at the moment, I'm thinking I'm just going to travel with them. So I'll okay. probably take them down the coast with me, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. But to be yeah. honest, travel doesn't feel so appealing at the moment. Just... Yeah. With things getting cancelled and changed, it just oh yeah, I it think just feels hard, and I don't want my travel and holidays to feel hard. Yeah, right. Um, I headlines when we came back, you know, three thousand flights cancelled over the weekend, and it was like yeah. the busiest holiday weekend of all. And yeah, yeah, we had a lot of that. All right, well, let's chat a little bit about um the end of your day routine. Yep. Yeah. You, so you said you stop working at five o'clock. How do you pull yourself away? Yeah, so I, the bit, I've learned that the best way for me to do is to actually have a shower at the end of my day. And that I think that works for me because it's a signal, but it also makes me change my clothing. And so, I mean, I dress comfortably all the time anyway. I work from home. Yeah. But it just feels like, uh, you know, if I've done – Zoom calls with clients, my top half might be better dressed than my bottom half. <laughs> so, you know, I can take off those work things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it just, I feel like, you know, it helps me to relax, you know, being in warm water. I find water really relaxing. 
when I lived by the sea, you know, I used to walk along the coast and have water, see water all the time. I feel like water is important to me to relax. So yeah. having a shower, I think, is part of that process. It's almost like uh, I'm, it's almost like replacing my commute. So I think a lot of people, when you leave the office, you get in your car, and that's a real signal to your body that hey, okay, that's the end of the workday. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people take work home, but you know, if you're good and actually mm-hmm. have good boundaries in place and work stays at work, mm-hmm. then that commute in the car serves that purpose or, you know, in the train or however you do it. Mm-hmm. But when you work from home, you don't have that. So I think it's about setting a routine that tells your mind and your body that, hey, we're stopping. You can relax and no longer think about, about work, which I think is, I think if you're running your own business, it's really hard to stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So you have to trick your mind into thinking okay this is a non-work time now I'm going to do something pleasant that's for myself I feel like it might be the first person that I've talked to that has mentioned that they end their day with a shower I I've heard a lot of people start their day with a shower my husband does but I'm more of a evening shower person too um I like that a lot um and you said you change clothes do you take the dogs for your walk before or after that shower I always walk the dogs first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. never at night okay um yeah I think I think partly because here in Canberra we don't have we don't have the really short days that they get in certain parts of northern Europe Mm -hmm. but you know it's five o'clock it's starting to get dark I'm by myself so I don't like walking the dogs in the dark that Uh, much yeah that makes sense uh so I can do it in the morning I also find that I think particularly as well, when I first got the dogs, they were a bit reactive to other dogs and one of them still is a bitch. Uh-huh. So that I'm much less likely to meet people at 6.30 in the morning than I am at five o'clock at night okay. when they're walking yeah. their dogs. So sort of two reasons why I do it. And it's winter season for you now too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So your days are short. Yep. I am. I always have to remind myself <laughs> of our differences. <laughs> I do have some friends that live in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Um, and I'm constantly reminded <laughs> that it's winter now, you know, and, you know, they live close to Antarctica and <laughs> I forget about these things. It's in some parts of Australia, it's never winter, but it is where I am. Okay. Really? Like yeah. The, so no snow. And- no, I'm about an hour and a half from the ski fields. Okay. So we sometimes get the nice icy winds coming off, but it's definitely not, like I like to say it's not Canada cold. Okay. So it's cold, yeah. but it's not. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to hear a little bit about your home office too, because I know that you mm-hmm. take your shower to signal the end of the day, but do you also have yep. a door to close or a computer to shut? Or do you use like a desktop? Are you in your living room? Where, where do you usually work? Yes, I have a dedicated room. Uh, I use, so I have a laptop, but I hook it up to a big screen because I like to work with two screens when I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, I could shut the door. I tend not to, mainly because one of the dogs likes sleeping in that room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I leave the door open for him. Uh, but it's a room I do tend not to go into once that time has, like, five oh. o'clock comes around. Yep. Um, and then do you live like in the busy part of the city or do you have like big yards? Like do you, I don't hear any street noise either right now. So I'm assuming that you must be set back a little bit. Yes, yeah, so I live, well, most of Queanbeyan is the suburbs, most of the town suburbs. Where I live, we've all got fairly big blocks on the okay. whole. Mm-hmm. 
there are more apartments going up, but it's very much houses on decent sized blocks. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's helpful in terms of not getting distracted by things going on. If there's anything that you could do to improve your work from home setup right now, like what would your next change be? I think I'd like, at the moment, it's probably the room's a bit small. I'd like a bigger room so I could spread out more. Mm -hmm. I feel at the moment I'm not as organized as I'd like to be because the room's not as big. And I still quite like paper as well as my computer. So I have a lot of paperwork lying around and stuff. I think I just like a bigger space. Okay. And my other, which would, I'm sure other introverts can relate to this, I would just love to have a built-in bookcase mm-hmm. across <laughs> the whole room. That would be fabulous. I have it. <laughs> which I think foot. is most introverts' dreams. I don't know what the what it would be in meters, but I have an eight foot by four foot bookshelf that is almost as big as a built-in. <laughs> I like my books too. Yeah, I feel that. Um, I'm actually working out of a closet. Anyone who's listened to more than one episode probably knows that now, but I'm in um, a little small walk-in closet and it can get a little claustrophobic. If I'm talking to people, it doesn't bother me, but if I'm just working in here, I usually go sit. I have a different desk and a different, you know, I can sit somewhere else in the house just to be around people (laughs) because that's what I like. But um, I'd love to have a desk with a view. So at the moment I don't really look, I just look out onto my driveway. Oh, okay. So you have a window. Mm -hmm. Yes. But my dream office would definitely be looking at the sea. Oh, but you said I'm you're not sure not how much work I'd get done. <laughs> <laughs> you said you're not currently next to the sea, though. How far is no. it? No, uh, it's probably an hour and a half drive. Okay, it's too far. An hour and a half, two hours, and it's it's down windy hills and stuff. Like it's not a it's not a quick drive. That you, you know, not down a freeway that you'd want to do on a regular basis. Okay. You'll have to put a water feature outside of your garage yeah. or your, your driveway there. Uh, <laughs> I think eventually I'd like to live by the sea, but I can't see that happening at the moment. Right. Maybe later. Um, Maybe. So I usually end my interviews by asking about, um, I know you've probably have heard this a lot of, you know, what what would you recommend for people who want to work from home? Especially as you're seeing, as you're working with people who are going from employee status to, you know, the entrepreneurial side, Um, what kind of recommendations do you have? I think if you can do it, that dedicated space definitely helps. It certainly helps, I think, in terms of that whole switching off process. I think if you're working at your dining room table, which I know loads of people have to do, that's really difficult in terms of having other people around. But also that you don't have a dedicated space that you see as this is where I work and when I'm not here, I'm not working. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and having routines for when you start and end the day, I don't have a good enough routine in the morning at the moment. I feel like I, with the pandemic, I, I don't know, I used to be much, I felt like I had a better routine and now with the pandemic, I feel like I've lost it. Mm. So sometimes I'm a bit late starting work because I... I say I like my slow start and it gets even slower if I'm not too careful. So I think having routines to start and end your day are really, really important or else work can just take over and the business can just take over everything and that's just not healthy for for anyone to be doing ridiculous hours. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're my two 
they'd be my two top tips is to make sure you have a dedicated space and that you have routine so you start and end your day. And then for introverts, it would be that you make sure you don't become a hermit, that you do actually go out and interact with people, no matter how much you enjoy hermiting. You know, being, being around people at least some of the time is really important. Having that social connection. And even and say, I just go up to a coffee shop. You know, you don't have to talk to a lot of people while you're up there, but it's just making sure that you are feeling like you're still part of society. Yeah, that's really good. And um, any tips for staying focused when you're in a coffee shop? You said you're good at blocking things out. I'm not so good at that. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just something I've, it's got to be the right task that I'm doing up there. Okay which is often for me, I don't do take a computer. I, I'm often writing in a book. Okay. Uh, or can just be reading things if I'm trying to get on, you know, on top of some, what a client's going to be doing. So I find that's mm -hmm. good if I've got clients, new clients coming in that I've written some notes on them, reviewing those, maybe looking at their website on my phone. Um, but I find it really useful for and doing things like planning out content, which I can do in a notebook. Okay. That makes sense. I find yeah. a laptop. I find I don't like taking my laptop up to the coffee shop. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. That's one of my weird things. Um, and here in Australia, not all coffee shops have Wi-Fi and then it's messy with hotspotting. Okay. That's so just picking the right task and doing what's easy. Like if it gets too hard, then you won't do it. You know, if you do have to do things like hotspots and stuff, then mm -hmm. I think it just make it as easy as possible to work in the coffee shop. But when you're at the coffee shop, um, being intentional about choosing what type of work you're going to do is really thoughtful. Yep. I really like that because like you were saying earlier, that deep work, that deep thinking kind of work that you have to do. I could not do that in a coffee shop. Oh. I know I was um, temporarily teaching for five months in high school. Yeah. And there were certain kinds of things that I could be doing while I had five people asking me questions and yep. other tasks I could only do if I was alone in the room. And, yep. you know, like the reading the essays and really processing them, yeah. and, you know, grading those words, you know, more challenging work for me. I mean, I, I find it, it has but... to be interesting enough. Uh huh. The work has to be interesting enough so I don't just get distracted by everything that's going on around right. me. But not too interesting that I can't, that it requires too much focus to be in an environment where there's activity happening. I think mm -hmm. it's a really fine balance between the two that I don't always get right. And then normally I just end up reading my book, which is not very productive. <laughs> or now not you, always productive. But you said you have a task that you often do with your notebook and that has worked for you over the last yeah. couple of years. So. Yeah. So I find it good for brainstorming and content planning where I can then come back and think about things in more detail. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was looking at your... You filled up my guest interest form uh, when yep. we were scheduling this appointment and you, you talked about something about a thoughtful business pause. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so that's um, one of the main services that I offer when I'm first starting with people. And that's going back to the thing about introversion. It's, you know, you've listened to all this extrovert advice, some of which will work for you and some of won't. Right. So with a thoughtful business pause, I sit down with clients, we work out what is and isn't working for them. And we do that through understanding how they're feeling about things, but also looking at, and this is where my accounting background comes in, 
looking at the numbers. So whether that's their financial numbers, where they're getting sales from, you know, which social media is working and which isn't, uh, you know, where, where are people joining the list from? If they're joining the list from social media, then that's great. But if no one's actually joining your list from social media, then why are you spending your time doing something you hate yeah. when it's not actually generating, you know, the results that you want? And what could you perhaps do instead that feels better and, and you know, you could experiment with to see if it gets people onto your email list? So looking at that kind of thing and then they go away and have a think about it. We come back and start to plan, you know, what a move would look like to making, you know, what, what they're going to, I really like the exercise. What are you going to continue doing? What are you going to stop doing? And what are you going to start doing that, that exercise? So thinking about that then in that context, in the next, you know, the second session of where do you want your business to actually go and helping them develop a plan to move that way in the next 90 days. Because a lot of it's not going to happen quickly. You know, you can't, you know, if you've decided that you don't want to do one-on-one -on -one work, you just want to do a group program because you're exhausted from talking to people all the time to make money. You know, that's not something that you do in 90 days generally. Right. You know, it's a transition process. So talking about what that's going to look like for them. It sounds like, just like you said, a lot of the advice that they get is for extroverts and you're having to, you know, like re revamp it but it sounds like a lot of the things yeah. that you teach also would be applicable to those who are more extroverted and I'm assuming yeah. there's a whole spectrum in both ways yes. yeah. yeah and I do work with extroverts as well it's like I don't it's not like I get on the call and say oh you're an extrovert I'm not working oh. with you <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I think it's more you know so I've just been reading a book um on burnout mm -hmm. and one of the things it talks about is that introverts are more prone to burnout than extroverts mm -hmm. because they don't speak up for themselves mm -hmm. and uh, they don't advocate for themselves. So I think part of what I do is about thinking about them advocating for themselves in terms of all the advice they're getting on the from you know the internet. Whereas I think extroverts are much better at saying, oh that's not for me. Yeah, that's I you know I don't want to do what that expert's telling me I'm much, you know, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And I suppose and there's I more think, than one. Oh, go ahead. It probably burns them out less than it does an introvert trying to test these things out to work out what does work for them. With the introverts, though, I, I feel like there's probably more than one way that they can advocate for themselves that doesn't necessarily include the, the direct confrontation. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think a lot of it's, it's almost internal advocation. Mm -hmm that they need to be telling themselves that they don't need to do something rather than, you know, the outside world. Like you don't have to listen to that person on the internet. Okay. You know, it's just, but I think they, they don't have the confidence to do that. So it's about learning to advocate for themselves and saying, actually, no, this isn't what that expert is telling me isn't right for me. Hmm. So. Do you have any final thoughts today, Caroline? it's just that work from home can be such a wonderful experience particularly if you're an introvert but that you just do have to be very careful that you don't completely isolate yourself from the world and all the amazing wonderful people out who are out there that introverts actually do love it's just a little bit draining if you do too much of it so mm -hmm. it's about really making sure you get that balance right and not becoming too much of a hermit
Mm-hmm. Sounds good. <laughs> I hope I, so. I'm thinking about one of my friends and, you know, it's, it's, it's complicated with, um, you know, people who are still trying to be extra careful about germs and everything, you know, yep. just um, having everything delivered every grocery, every item, you know, delivered and not getting out, um, which I understand from, you know, that perspective, yeah. but, you know, just being part of, like you said, society, you know, yeah. does involve getting out. And I think, like you said, having the dogs helps you get out and, you know, getting yeah. to the coffee shop does, um, boy, we've weathered a storm the last few years and <laughs> we have most yes. people have been able to get through, but it's, it's, you know, there's definitely battle wounds. I think we've got off much more. We had really bad lockdowns here in Australia, but in terms of deaths and stuff, we've got off a lot more lightly than the US. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I imagine that has left some really horrible scars. So, yeah, absolutely it has. But thank you for good advice and good tips for those of our, especially listeners who are also introverted and can relate to you maybe more than they can to me. Cause I'm always <laughs> like how to make friends when you work from home. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think there is something in this value in you know, resting and being quiet and recharging and it's good. Yeah. And it's all a spectrum. We're neither one nor the other in the end. That's true. I've, notice myself drifting, you know, a little bit more to, you know, the center, I think of being, you know, appreciating being home more and being quiet more. How can people find you, Caroline? So my website is quietlyextraordinary.com and most of my social media handles, I'm probably most active on Instagram is at quietlycaroline. Okay. At quietlycaroline. Yeah. With an E. Yes. (laughs) Caroline as an I-N-E, not a Y-N. Right. Yes. <laughs> Caroline. Yes. We were talking about the different pronunciations and you're definitely yep. a Caroline. You said there's not very many Carolines in Australia? No, not as many as I see from the U.S. Okay. Just, yeah. Well, Similar think- but different cultures. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for meeting with me and your bright and early morning here. And I hope you enjoy Pleasure. some time with your dogs here. So. Well, It was lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. This has been Caroline Wood with April Malone and Yes, I Work From Home, and we will see you next time. Thank you. Bye.